happy. Anthony's going to do some worship. So let's pray and get, and get started just to worship the Lord and spend time with him and praise him. And let's shift the atmosphere of wherever we're at right now. In our living rooms, if we're outside, if we're in a coffee shop, wherever you are right now, think about the authority that you have to shift, to shift your soul, to shift your house, to shift circumstances. Father God, we thank you. We thank you that we have the opportunity right now to worship you. You are so worthy to be worshipped. You are so faithful. You are so present. So Lord, we just, we want to surrender everything right now as a community of people, your people, Lord, together. We may not be in the same room, but we're in unity together, worshiping your holy name. Amen. Father, you are faithful. We say that in the midst of everything that we've encountered and experienced in 2020. So we just, uh, we declare your faithfulness tonight. You're faithful to the ages, Lord. Great is your faith. 
Many there be that rise up against me. Many there be that say of my soul, there is no help for him in God. But you, O Lord, you're a shield for me. You're my glory and the lifter of my head. He says, I cried unto the Lord with my voice, and he heard me out of his holy hill. And this is one of my favorite parts of that. He says, then I laid down and I slept. And I waited for the Lord. He sustained me. So right now, we rest.
wrestle with me. Look up at my eyes. That's where you're going to find your rest. That's where you're going to find your peace. And right now you're, you're wrestling with yourself of, I did this or didn't do this, and I feel this, and this didn't happen, and all this stuff is going on in your mind. And the Lord just standing there, and he's like, honey, just look at me. I'm going to wrestle with you. And I'm going to lift up your head, and I'm going to heal your heart. I'm going to answer your questions. And so I just, as, as you worship him, and as we keep going in worship, I just want you to surrender that. Surrender that place to look at him with all of the stuff that's going on in your heart right now.
sing that wherever you are. Let all the other names. Let all the other names fade away. Hey.
we'll have to pick up different venue, though. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Because not all of us are all nighters. Praise the Father. Thank you. Well, thank you. Thank you for coming. Oh, thank you. It's an honor to be here with you, and um, we welcome you and Arise, Alicia and I do, into our home. Um, this part that you see is our dining room, so we welcome you into our dining room tonight, and we are very blessed to have Tia and some more folks behind camera, uh, some of those amazing women of God, and my wife who's off camera too. We just... Uh, we, we, welcome, we welcome you here, and we are so blessed to have you. So honored yeah. to have you. So honored to be with you. Thank you for taking the time out of your busy schedule, and um, we're very honored to have you. So I'm excited for Anthony to share tonight. I know we met for um, breakfast the other day, and, and um, I was telling him that that just the, the things that the, the revelation that he gets and the things that he shares is um, so phenomenal that it so strikes your heart and speaks in, in such a simple way. And I told him that he talks in movies, you know, but um, I really love having him to share just even what the Lord speaks to him about and, and he always takes it. And I love how you have your personal, you know, how God speaks to you and you share and you're very vulnerable and personal um, in that. And um, that's what it's all about is just Amen. us as a community talking about what God is doing and, and sharing with each other. And so um, I'm just, I'm excited. Amen. Well, I, I think one of the things that I've um, finally come to realize, you know, the scripture talks about exhorting one another and, and lifting each other up and you know I think how be it that all of us have different assignments, different callings, different anointings um, whether that's a fivefold or intercessor or worshiper or whatever that capacity is I think one of the things that's happened in the American church uh, is and I, I actually think that it may be uh, in part, or in a large part, to an orphan identity. Mm -hmm. But what happens is we start to major on the the title or the or the mantle. I like to even not even from a title perspective. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I, I always think about the fact that in um, Romans chapter eight, one of my favorite scriptures, uh, Paul is talking there, and he says that the whole creation is groaning and waiting. And he says, for the manifestation, and I always like to pause there because for some reason I, I think we miss the word that comes next. Uh, he didn't say that the earth is groaning, waiting for the manifestation of the next apostles or the next prophets or the next teachers or pastors, Howbeit, all of those I call them mantles. Those mantles are wonderful, mm -hmm. and we are. But but I like to see those mantles as functions mm -hmm. and not identity. And sure. I think many times what happens is we we 
shifts or we twist that where the mantle or the function becomes my identity. And, and I like to say it like this. It says all of creation is waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God. So it doesn't matter what mantle you have on, if there's not a sun underneath it, the earth won't respond. So that's the, that's the thing for me, is that the earth is looking to respond to, a, to the DNA. Because see, when we are, when we are like it said, if we are Christ, then we are Abraham's seed, heirs according to the promise. He says again in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. Well, what's that new creation? I, my, my DNA has not, I just got a blood transfusion. My DNA is infused with the DNA of God. Yeah. Therefore, when I speak, I'm speaking with the DNA of God. I, another scripture I use a lot is John chapter 1, verse 12. Or it says, but as many as received him, that being, that him being Jesus, as many as received him, to them he gave authority. Mm. Not to become apostles, not mm. to become prophets or evangelists, pastors, teachers, intercessors, the next big thing, the next great thing, the next mover and shaker. He said he gave them authority to become sons. Mm. So the most important thing that we can identify with is sonship. And, and, and even when we look, and we were talking a little bit yesterday morning about some of the things, even when we look at what's happening in our nation, around the world, uh, this is what I believe. I believe that um, when adversity happens, who you are on the inside manifests. No matter, so it doesn't matter if you have an apostle's garment on if, if you are an orphan, when, when, when the stuff hits the fan, that's where you start to operate out of. You start to operate out of what's in your heart. And so I, I feel like that that's one of the things that the Lord is, I've been in, in our time of quarantine, um, which the Lord told me, he asked me early on, do you want this to be quarantine or do you want it to be consecration? And I said, consecration. And so, in, in doing that, many, many, many things have, he's been speaking to my heart personally. I remember, I, I, um, right after this happened, we, we got home, me, James Nesbitt, and Ed and I, we, we traveled quite a bit together, and we had just gotten home from Washington, D.C., when the, uh, the shelter-in-place order and the quarantine order came. And... Um, my friend James really, and, and it was a word from the Lord, it really was. He, he got a word from the Lord and he said, I, I'm calling all creatives, all worshipers, all, 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 all prophets to flood the airways with uh, a kingdom sound. So get out your guitars, get out your keyboards, get out your ukuleles, whatever it is, whatever instrument you have. Open your windows and start to release sound. Just release the sounds and flood the airways with the sound of light in this moment. That's the, because it's a clashing of crowns. And so, you know, I, I, I want to be an obedient son. So I start pulling out my keyboard and start, you know, hanging it up. And I'm getting ready to do a Facebook Live. And the Lord says to me, this is not the time for you to do this, son. He said... You're going to worship for an audience.
audience of one in this time. And so while all my sons and daughters and all my brothers and sisters who definitely, I, I was actually just rejoicing. I've got a spiritual daughter in Texas named um, Mandy G. Feller, and she, every, I think twice a week, she was getting on doing morning worship, and I looked, and I and Sarah was on, Nick was on, I, uh, the rise I saw, and I was so blessed. And and the other thing that the father said, he says, this is the time for my uh, emerging minstrels and a new sound and a a, a different sound. Yeah. This is a time for you. I want you to pull back because there's some things I need you to shed. So I felt like for me, it was almost like, you know, the scripture says in uh, Isaiah chapter 40 that uh, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength yeah. and they shall mount upon wings like an eagle. And it's interesting that the Lord uses that analogy in uh, Isaiah 40 because how the eagle renews its strength is it goes up into a high place. It finds a waterfall. It goes up into a high place. And then with its beak, it pulls out all of its feathers. So when it pulls its feathers out, it can't fly. And then after it pulls its feathers out, it takes its beak and bashes it against the rock until the beak falls off. So now it doesn't have a beak, which is part of its major uh, uh, defense and weapon. It's its weaponry. So it strips down. It can't move. It is, it's immobile. And it just sits under that waterfall and lets the water just cascade over it and wash it and renew it. Wow. And that molting or that, that renewing season is 40 days. It takes 40 days. <laughs> Of course it takes 40 days because awesome. the word quarantine means 40. So I believe that we have been in a mandatory 40 and, 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 and the Father has spoken to each one of us individually and corporately. I believe that there's a corporate word that's going to emerge out of this too. But I also believe that there's an individual word that the Lord has given during we know it was longer than 40 days, but the word quarantine, I think that there was a, you know, a, a very specific time. And for me, I thought it was between Passover and Pentecost. We, we actually, we didn't just celebrate Passover and look at it, oh, it's Passover. No, we, we, we did Passover. Yeah. Because, I mean, as a matter of fact, one rabbi said that this is the first uh, time that, that Israel has observed Passover like that mm -hmm. since the first Passover where they were sheltered in place. Sure. And so I felt like this was a 40, what the enemy meant for evil, God turned for good, and God has been speaking to his sons and daughters in this time. I just want to say something about that. I, I feel like, too, I love how you brought this up corporately and then individually, because I feel like oftentimes we, we're looking around, we're getting, you know, getting on Facebook, getting on Instagram, getting on YouTube, and listening, and and all this, and sometimes um, we compare ourselves or what other yeah. people are doing, or yeah. this person's fasting, this person's doing this, this person's doing that. And really, I felt like, for, even for myself, of really being led, I think we all were led into yeah. our own deserts. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. Um, and we didn't need to look like what everybody else was doing. That's we right. all had our own kind of shedding, yeah. if you will, yeah. with the Lord. And, and some was different, yeah. you know. Um, some of that looked different for 
well, that's okay. Yeah. That, that's really um, the way that it needs to be. Right. And I think even when we look at the, uh, the racial tension in our nation, what you just said to you, I think is powerful because I think we even fall prey to this in the ecclesia, in the church, where whatever God is doing with me, I expect him to be doing with everybody else. And it's so funny, I'm just reminded of this, uh, where Jesus was with um, the, the disciples right at, you know, at the Last Supper, and he's talking to them, and he's telling them their faith. He's saying, you're going to die this way. And you're going to die this way. And you're going to be martyred for me. And you're gonna, and he tells Peter, you're going to, this is what happened to you. And he, he kind of goes, and Peter looks, because he didn't say anything about John. And so he looks at Jesus and says, what about this guy? What's going to happen to him? And Jesus says, this is your business. <laughs> if, he, if he dies or if he stays until I return, that's not your concern. And, and I think what happens with us, and that's why it's so important to understand that during this time, the Father was speaking expressly to those who would listen, and and if we would embrace and what He was speaking to us personally and individually, I think that also is a picture of why we have some of the things that we have as far as racial divide, because. Uh, the, the challenge is, I, you know, I, I'm going to say it this way, because when we talk about the whole race thing that's going on, I, I see it more as a cultural divide than a racial divide. And this is why I say that. Because maybe about 30 or 40 years ago, in Africa, in the nation of Rwanda, there was a mass uh, massacre because there were two tribes that were different culturally. They both had black skin. But one tribe, I think one was the Watoto, I forgot, or uh, I forgot how, what those two tribes were. But one uh, did a mass genocide. I mean, I think about a million people were killed or something like that, of the other tribe. And one of the things that I believe uh, is that when the scripture says in, in Revelation that out of every kindred and tongue and people and nation, every kindred, tongue, people, and nation, you have made us a kingdom of priests unto our God. The problem is if we all try to make everybody look like our Baptist church or our charismatic church or our Methodist church, that, that is a cultural divide. Right. So we everybody's supposed to do it the way we, we do it. And then um, this, the thing, same thing spills over when we talk about skin. So it's very easy to just list it as a, 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 a skin divide. And I, I, I know personally that I've encountered uh, racism uh, from white and black. And, and, and a lot of times, uh, you know, I've actually sometimes been accused of not being black enough. So what is black enough? I mean, I'm a dark-skinned guy. I'm a, I'm, you know, my wife is very fair-skinned, uh, and she's a black woman. So I'm a black man, but I've been accused of being not black enough. So, so I feel like 
that's even a prophetic picture of what uh, the Lord wanted us to uh, to understand and grab while we were in our 40, our quarantine time. That's why it's so important to, 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 to embrace what was the Father saying to you and not every word. I don't care if you're the, the prophet to the nation. Um, not every word that comes is a, a, a national word. Some words are just for you. Some words for you and your family. And, 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 and I think that that's, that's where we start with, as we start to come out of this, I think that that's one of the things on a personal level I've had to embrace and understand. Yeah. Like I said, because when James made that announcement, man, I, it sounded, I knew it was the Lord. And it was definitely, it was no mistaking in my heart that it was the Lord, but the Father had, a, a, he told me, this is not that season for you. Mm -hmm. And so I, I really feel like we have to, we have to give each other grace even in that, to know what is the Father speaking to Tia? What is the Father speaking to Sarah or Alicia or to Anthony? Yeah. What is he speaking to them individually? And then we come together and, 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 See, what I need to be able to do, I think, is to defend your right to hear from God for what he's called you to. Yeah. And so that, that's where, that's where I, I am right now. Yeah. Whatever Father has spoken to you, uh, because he, he says, my sheep know my voice, and a stranger they will not follow, for they know not the voice of a stranger. So you can hear the Father. Thank God for prophetic words. Thank God for mentors and spiritual mothers and fathers that speak into our life that's that's so powerful and it's also so needed. But it's but but there has to be in your spirit somewhere where Father Jesus' blood redeemed you. You don't have to need, you don't need every time you move to have it be a prophetic word from somebody else. And so if if Father has spoken to you as a as a as a co-laborer in the gospel, as a brother in Christ, as a, as a, as a friend, I I should defend your right to hear from God for you, yeah. and, and 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 honor that. And I think that that's another thing that the Father wants to do. Yeah, yeah. I know something that I've really been um, chewing on that the Lord's been talking to me about. You know, just I hope this isn't bunny trailing any, but um, in Matthew 20, verse 20, it talks about a woman that brings, goes to Jesus, and she says, I, you know, I have two sons, and she says, um, make me a promise that, you know, when you go sit on your throne, that my one son will be on your right and the other son will be on your left. And he looks at her and he says, first of all, I'm paraphrasing, woman, you don't know what you're asking. <laughs> and, um, and he said, second of all, my heavenly father, my father makes those decisions. Yeah. But it says that he could perceive in his heart that the disciples had gotten jealous mm -hmm. over what they had overheard. And so he pulls them aside to him to, to talk to them. And he says that, um, he says, basically, You've seen kings rule, mighty kings rule, and you've seen, you know, the priests rule, and you've seen, you know, different figures around that have ruled and have been good at it and have been successful. 
And he says, but you will serve. Mm. He says, you will rule, that you will have authority and serve. Yeah. That's what you will look like. Yeah. And he says, even I have come to, to serve. Yes. And, and it just kind of followed me a little bit, but I was thinking about even the time when the soldiers came to get Jesus, you know? And you, you kind of see this on the Passion where, you know, Peter, like, he's like, it's going down, you know? <laughs> and he grabs his sword and whips it out, yeah. you know, and he cuts the guy's ear off. Yeah. And then you see that scene where Jesus just stops, you know, in the midst of chaos and, and, and then fighting yeah. for something they don't understand. Yeah. You yeah. know? Yeah. And he leans over and he touches his ear. Here, you know, the person that's about to take him to get ready to go to the cross to arrest him, he touches his ear and he heals his ear. Wow. Wow. You know, and I was just, I'm just, you talk about culture and I'm thinking of the, the more that I dig in and the more that I'm just pursuing him, and this is, this is my, you know, feathers being, yeah. you know, taken out, but I'm just realizing the heart to just want to love. Yeah. The heart to want to serve. Yeah. The heart to want to have community and 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 to really be Jesus. Yeah. Um, and in that, and in that, that's taking a stand against evil. Right. Right. You know. Absolutely. Uh, because that's what it really is. Absolutely. Absolutely. It was funny. Uh, immediately after we got back from DC, and the uh, the shelter in place order and the quarantine came down. Very next day, uh, my wife said, "This is a reset." And um, and I think you know after that we heard a lot of people saying that, but I, I just it, it struck me. She said, "This is a reset. Doing something crazy, something at all, and nothing is working right." Mm -hmm. And then somebody will say, "Did you hit Control Alt Delete? Restart it." Right. Shut it down and let it start back up, yeah. and it reboots itself. Yeah. And I really believe that the that the the, the ecclesia is, is in a reboot yeah. in light of what you're talking about. Because uh, I'll go back to what you were talking about in light of uh, the Son of Man did not come to be served but to serve, and everything that he taught his disciples in that, and it, everything that we've been talking about so far to me ties in because. Like I said, going back to the scripture in Romans, uh, the whole earth is waiting for the manifestation of sons. Mm -hmm. it, it's so important that we know and understand what it looks like to be a son. Yeah. Not, not to be vying for the left hand or the right hand of Jesus mm -hmm. to sit in that seat because that's not sonship. Mm -hmm. that's, not, that's not what he created and called us to do. And, and I'm reminded of the scripture, in, I love this scripture in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 20. It talks about the two, two of those fivefold giftings that we have seen over the last generation be restored. We know that there was a time when most of the church believed that the last apostle was Paul and the last prophet was John the Baptist. And so, you know, I, I say we, 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 we were operated like a, a five-cylinder car operating on three cylinders. Actually, sometimes even two, because we, did, uh, we didn't even acknowledge the teacher anointing other than maybe a Sunday school teacher. 
So I believe that over the, the, the last few generations, the Lord has been restoring those functions, mm -hmm. which are very important. Because yeah. everybody's not called a pastor, and I think that's been another injustice. We, we, we call everybody pastor just because they are the leader of a church mm -hmm. or leader of a body of people. But if you're expecting, and I remember when Dutch was here, he used to say, I'm not a pastor. And so if you're expecting Dutch to, 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 to love on you and go visit you at your house and sit down and have coffee, you were setting yourself up for disappointment because he, he didn't function that way. Right. So, but, but those two, those two uh, gifts, that the final two gifts that I think the Lord has restored over the last several generations, the apostle and the prophet, it talks about in Ephesians, and it says that they are foundational. It says, for the church was built upon the foundation of the apostle and the prophet. There are two things that strike me when I hear that. Because first of all, um, a foundation of any building generally has the heaviest material. It's the densest and the heaviest material. We love to try to put the apostle and the prophet at the top on the roof. If you put the heaviest material on the top of the house, it's going to crush the house because it's not designed to be here. Like you said, it's, a, it, it's designed to undergird. So everything else, I like to say it like this, we walk on the foundation. So everything else was designed to, if, 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 I, if I walk in an apostolic mantle at all, then that means that I, people should be able to stand on me. And I like to say my, my ceiling is my son's and daughter's floor. They should be able to walk on me and not, it's not carrying my bags and being my, you know, that type of thing. I mean, of course we, we honor and we serve people and people do that to you, to me. But, but for me to expect that is, is what I feel like this whole reset is about. And that recalibration, the, the shut it down and start it up so that the church looks like the church yeah. and not looks like, uh, you know, um, I, I, I was talking to you yesterday, um, I, was on a, I was on a panel maybe several weeks ago and, and the Lord hit me with something on that a panel because uh, someone asked a question about the church and how we could mobilize again and, and, and they even brought up the fact that, you know, Home Depot during this was open, and Walmart was open, and the liquor stores were open, and, and the cannabis shops were open, uh, and they were considered essential, but the church was not deemed essential. And, you know, a lot of us, including me, early on, got really heated about that. How, how dare they call the church non-essential? And the father called me on that. He says, could this be an indictment on how the church has functioned? Because there was a time, and I, I was doing some, I've been doing some study on research and history of the, 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 you know, the church. At one time, the prison system was governed by the church. Uh, welfare was taken, uh, was, was taken care of by the church. Widows and orphans were taken care of by the church. Uh, the colleges and universities that came up, came up to raise up and train uh, ministers to go out for the kingdom. We gave all of those to the government. So in doing that, we literally made ourselves non-essential. And so one of the things that you see in the book of Acts 
they may have hated the church, they may have tried to persecute them, but they were afraid of them because they knew they walked in power and authority. Right. And so I feel like that this reset that, that we've experienced is, a, is to, like you said, to recalibrate, to understand that a lot of the things that we have, I, you know, the Lord said this to me once in 2008, he says, there have been many who have represented me, but over the years I have been so, over the millennia, he said, I've been so grossly misrepresented that I'm raising up a generation to represent me. And I believe that there needs to be a representation, a representation of what the body of Christ is supposed to look like. And so my prayer is that as we go from this point day to day moving forward, first of all, starting with Anthony Turner, that that I don't try to get back into same in the same uh, rut vehicle uh, stupidness that that caused us to I, I you know what it, to me the father put the body of Christ the church the most powerful entity on the planet here to govern to steward to to protect to occupy right. he gave authority over Everything. He gave the authority. Okay. He said, absolutely. And so we gave the authority to people who didn't know God. And now we're freaking out that people who don't know God are making bad decisions. Hello. So so I feel like part of the part of the, the, the divine recalibration in Lisa mm -hmm. is to understand and know that what we've been created and called to do as the body of Christ, how that looks, it's personally, I, my prayer is that it's going to look totally different. Yeah. And there, and in the process of that, uh, as we molt or as we pull out all the feathers, that the, the ones that grow back are the ones that are renewed with and, and also um, bathed with his anointing, with his oil. You know, the one thing I know about him is that he's a really good father. Yes. And he's faithful. Yeah. And he's patient. And I'm very thankful for that in my own life. Yeah. Because I can be stubborn or it can take me a while to get it. Me too. You know? Yeah. And, I, and I'm just, you know, I think Revelations is my favorite book. Yeah. Um, but it's, there is a lot of things in there that are scary. Yeah. You know, I remember when I first studied it, I did a K. Arthur study, yeah. and I had only been saved for probably a year, and I, my prayer going to bed every night was, Lord, I, um, please let me be saved, don't let me, you know, yeah. don't let me go to hell, don't let me miss, you know, the end yeah. time. Well, I mean, it scared me to death. Yeah. You know, reading all of that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. But the, the, the more that he matured me, and the more that I began to understand scripture, and the closer that I got to him, the more that I understood daughtership. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I trusted him, and I understood um, the concepts of what he was doing, and why he was doing it, and what was going to happen. And, but all that to say that I think that there's so much fear right now. We've probably been talking about fear for three months now. Yeah. yeah. Because it's just been, you know, everywhere and on everything. Yeah. And, and it really has been nonstop. It yeah. may have changed topics, right. but it's still, you know, right. 
anxiety, fear. And I mean, um, just even having my own experiences with my own kids, and I have adult adult children, my kids are 18 and older, but my 18-year-old just think like, you know, I don't want to go to the grocery store, I don't want to go get gas by myself, I don't, you know, just dealing with that because of everything being said on Instagram and Facebook, and yeah. I don't know, I don't think she watches the news, but yeah. those two are enough, yeah. and just seeing the violence and the hatred and, and all of that, it, it's terrifying, Yeah, you know, and so... I've been saying that because um, there has been, I love that you were seeing, you know, um, uh, that every name goes underneath yes. the name yes. of Jesus. And, you know, I was thinking of uh, anxiety, uh, I was thinking of addictions, yeah. I was thinking of, you know, even priorities that we think busyness right. and, and all of these things anxiety, panic attacks, all of these things, everything, you know, and I, I'm a visual person, so I was thinking in my mind and in my own life of just putting everything under him that I yes. deal with, Yes. because I'm human, I mean, yeah. Oh, yeah. you know, I, I'm a hot mess sometimes, <laughs> and my family can tell you that, but um, the thing about it is I have a big God, Yeah. and um, I'm not expected to be perfect, but I can start to place every single thing, right. you know, underneath him. Yeah. And and sometimes I have to speak to my soul and and surrender and say enough's enough. Right. You need to come underneath. Right. You know. Absolutely. The Lord. You said something though that 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 really sparked something in me because if if the truth be told, mm. every one of us is a hot mess from time to time. <laughs> The problem is that we have created such a facade. I remember uh, I was getting ready to go to the Philippines, um, and I was going to have to stay overnight in San Francisco. And you know, um, so I'm looking, I'm looking for a nice hotel. I'm looking for a nice, not 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 something extravagant and fancy, just a nice, clean, neat hotel. And you know, I had never. I've been to San Francisco, but I never um, stayed there in a period of time. Mm -hmm. So I'm on the internet, right, and I'm looking for a reasonably priced hotel, and I see this hotel. Uh, I won't, I, I'll, I'll, to, I'll protect the, the, the brand name, but, you know, I see this hotel, and I'm looking, and I'm like, okay, that's nice, man. This is nice. You know, the facade, everything is just wonderful. Mm -hmm. And so, um, when I get to San Francisco, I should have known at that point because every shuttle, because it said head airport shuttle, every shuttle for every hotel, I saw Hyatt, I saw Holiday Inn, I saw all you know the 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 Double Tree, all of the their shuttles came, and I'm standing there, and then I see their shuttles come back again, and then I see them come back for a third time, and I'm like 40 minutes, and so I finally called the hotel. And, uh, and say, I've been waiting out here 45 minutes for the shuttle. Mm -hmm. And so they find him. And so she says, well, he'll be there in about 10 minutes. And so I'm waiting. Look for a green van. Look at and so I'm looking at this pulled-up looking van pulls up. I'm like, oh, my God. And so I knew then, <laughs> right? Um, it, it didn't even have a hotel name. Right? Oh. So I get on, I get on the, the, the shuttle, and they drive me past all of these other hotels, 
And then I get to the hotel, and when, when we turn the corner, I see it, and, and I kind of breathe a sigh of relief because the picture that was on uh, the internet is the picture I see of. It was just a facade. Because once you get in, oh my God, they had just changed the front of mm -hmm. it. And the hotel looked like, all of the rooms looked like they were like 1950. Or the carpet, I mean. Spent all their money. Yeah, right. absolutely. They spent, and so one of the things that I, that, that I think is that that's what we've done as the church. Mm -hmm. We're a hot mess behind this facade. And, 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 uh, and Father says, I want to renovate your whole life right now. I want to renovate you. you yeah, you're going to have, you're going to have uh, challenging times. You're going to go through things. But that's what the body of Christ should be there for. Yeah. Not, to, not for you to be afraid to, to have those moments, yeah. but so that you know you've got a, a company, a tribe of people that say, Oh man, we're gonna rally around you because we know, and that's what the word says. It says, I mean, it says that in this context, if a brother be overtaken in a fall, you who are spiritual, restore such a one in the spirit of meekness, considering yourself. Yeah. And so I, I think uh, that for me has been the key thing for me is to to consider myself, and then with that, understand and know. Next thing he says to Peter, he says, when you are converted, and I don't think that that was a salvation conversion, mm -hmm. because I believe that each of us have to convert from stinking thinking, right. wrong paradigms, all of those things. Right. And he told, Jesus told them, after he said, do you love me? And Peter says, twice, I fail you. And he says, do you agape me? And he just said, Lord, you know. And he says, the devil de desires to have you sift you as wheat, but when you are converted, strengthen your brother. Amen. And I think we've forgotten that part. Yeah. What we do is when we when we get in a place where we think we've overcome, now we feel like we can accuse our brother. And it, it puts us on a place where it's like, I got myself all together now, so I can see the beam. You know, I got the I got the beam out of my eye, and now I'm coming to tell you about your boat. And that's not what he said. Right. And so I, I again I, um, it it is it is a reset in serving. It is um, it's scary out there. Mm -hmm. I mean, with a lot of things, it's scary out there. And, and for me, I think that it has been an indictment, really on where we are as the corporate body. Yeah. Yeah, I think um, I had, you know, we had a lot of time lately in yeah. <laughs> consecration. Yeah. <laughs> and I finally watched The Chosen, and my favorite um, of the whole thing was the last, the last, I think it was eight, number eight, whatever. And so, you know, Jesus is going out of his way in a town. They don't work. It's you know it's farther. They don't talk to those people. They don't walk that area. Yeah. Blah blah blah. And he goes and he meets that woman at the well. You know. And I just I think we've lost. I, it's funny because part of what I do is deliverance, and I you know we get emails and phone calls and questions and sometimes we get people you know that it's like I don't know and deliverance sounds so scary or you know do I have to you 
you know, be possessed to come and see you? Do you know? Don't does anybody know if I walk through the door? I need to wear a costume so nobody sees me get out of my car and come into the you know because I don't want anybody to know I'm coming in. And um, and I and I find that sad because the reality and I told you this a little bit of this yesterday, but the reality is is call it whatever you want to call it, but. The Lord wants to come and inhabit you. And when he inhabits you, he's going to get rid of some things. That's good. And when he gets rid of some That's things, good. he's going to give you the ability, the, the, the tent, yeah. to carry the glory of the Lord. Yeah. And part of That's what good. we do is make room yeah. for the glory of the Lord when we go when we shed our feathers. Yeah. You yeah. know? And that shouldn't be shameful. No. You know? And here Jesus is making his way around to this well to meet a woman at the hottest part of the day to make some room for the glory of the Lord. Mm, mm. And uh, we had went to a conference where the guy that wrote The Passion actually spoke on this and he did some study on, on her life. And he began to teach that she changed the nation, that she was an apostle, yeah, yeah. that she was a soul winner. Yeah. That, you know, and so... I never heard that part, you know, after I got saved and read and, and heard preachers yeah. and whatnot, teachings. Yeah. But, um, you know, when, when as the body of Christ, when did we start carrying that shame? You know, and, and I think that there's such a shift in, in this, I wish we could come up with another name because I just, I get tired of saying it, but this COVID thing, you know, yeah. that, I mean, I understand the importance of it because yeah. I, I was sick in February. Yeah. And it, it, it was the sickest I'd ever been. So I don't take it lightly, but what I'm saying is in this place, you know, I feel like we can't come out the same. Right, right. And we need to really, you know, paradigms need to be shifted. Yeah, yeah. And definitely. And, it, and I believe they have. Yes, yes. I believe they have. But it's not rocket science. No. And I think that that's, that's part of the reset, too, is for whatever reason, and I think maybe it's because it makes me feel special. It makes me feel special if I can do something and I can complicate it where now you've got, everybody else has to jump through hoops, you know. So, and I think it's not rocket science. I, I was uh, in South Carolina, and really the anointing just came on me. I, I, and it, I was, I was talking and I said, you know, I'm going to say this here. I, I was talking and I, and I said, um, there was probably 50 people there and probably three were black. And I said, um, you know, I, I've had, I've been inundated with a lot of white people asking me, what can I do? What can I do? What can I do? And, and I, I was... I was really under the anointing because I normally wouldn't have said this. And I, I, I just kind of came out and I says, please, white people, do not come to me and repent yeah. for racism that, I, I said, don't do that. Mm. I said, you don't have to prove to me that you're not racist mm -hmm. by apologizing to me because you just don't. I said, just love the person in front of you. And, and that, that goes for me, 
that in every black person and every Latino person and every Asian person, the reality is instead, I, you know, we're having roundtables about the, the, the racist problem, the systemic racism in America. We're doing all of these things and all the talking heads are talking about all of the things. And again, it's not rocket, it, we're making it rocket science. Right. We gotta do this and we've gotta do this. I remember about five, four or five years ago, I heard Dutch. He, he was, there would have been a lot of people who would have been upset uh, at, at, because Dutch, and I could see the frustration in his face, and man, it, it, it blessed me to hear him say this. He said, you know, as a white man, I have an intercessor uh, apostle like I am, and I've done all of these uh, land assignments, and the, do, he's done the things that he's been called to do, and he says, I have stood in proxy for the white man to, to repent on behalf of, to repent, I've repented to women. I've repented to black people. I've repented to uh, First Nations people. I've repented. He, and, and, and he has. I mean, you know, and, and he came out and he says, but I don't see any shift. Because, granted, there is some significance in that. Yeah. But after that, right. we've got to simplify this thing to the point that be you and just love the person in front of you. Just, just love the person in front of you, and whatever that looks like, and you know, whatever that looks like. I, it was, I was in, um, I was uh, in South Carolina, and I stopped at, uh, well, I had a Starbucks. Don't shoot me down, because I, went, I went to the drive-through at Starbucks, and so I'm getting a coffee, and, um, and the Lord says to me, and when I get to the drive-through window. Because I'm mobile order, so I'm order before I got there. So yeah. they had mine ready. And the Lord said, ask the, ask the lady if the person behind you has uh, paid for her coffee. Because I had seen her in the rearview mirror. Mm -hmm. And it was a white lady. Not that that mattered to me at all. Because sure. the Lord just said, uh, ask her. So I asked, has the lady behind me paid for her coffee? And she said, no. And I said, well, I'm paying for how much is it? And she said, seven dollars and something. So I... Um, gave her my little Starbucks card uh, and paid for it, and I'm off. And and I had to get where I was trying to get back on the on the highway because it's right off the road. And this lady, she came up right behind me, and she was looking, and I could see her looking in her, you know, looking, trying to, and I'm looking, and and I didn't acknowledge. And then when I pulled out, she pulled out, and it just so happened that she could never catch me, but it was. It was fun and funny to me. I was like, this is so, I loved it. Yeah. I mean, it was just simple. Yeah. I mean, but I didn't do it for racial reconciliation. Right. I didn't do it for any other purpose, right. but this is a, another person who obviously likes coffee like I like coffee. <laughs> and I got an opportunity. <laughs> so I got the opportunity to bless somebody. In some very Which small way. Speaks all languages. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And that's it. That's the that's the bottom line. Yeah. Uh, you know, I didn't. I know we didn't. We just wanted to follow the lead of the Holy Spirit here. So mm -hmm. I didn't intend to go this way. But I remember. I mean, like I said earlier, I've I've had um, um, I've been uh, an object of racism 
from blacks, white, I mean, that matter. But I remember I was um, teaching a conference in Wichita, where I was part of a conference with Dutch and Chuck. And I was supposed to get there at 2. I had told the host that I was going to get there at 2. And I left late because of a rental car issue. So I am I am moving, trying to get, trying to make up the time. You were speeding. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Just call it, call it what it is, right? I was, I was moving. I was speeding. I was going probably about 80 miles an hour in a 65 mile an hour zone. Uh oh. I was moving. Yes, you were. And, uh, and, and, state trooper pulled up behind. I mean, flashes light. I'm like, oh Jesus. And so I pulled over. And I could see, I'm looking in my rearview mirror, mm -hmm. and I could see it's a white police officer. Sure. And he's looking, and of course he can see by the back of my head that I'm black. Mm -hmm. And so I could see him just kind of get a little nervous. Mm -hmm. Really. I mean, you got somebody going 85 miles, 80 miles an hour in a 65 mile an hour zone. Uh, you want to know what they're up to. And there was something else that I'll share uh, about that too that made it even more suspect and suspicious. So here it is. I'm there. And, I'm, and so I saw him. I was never worried for my life. I was never, you know, all of the stuff that happened. I, that never crossed my mind. Mm -hmm. The only thing that crossed my mind is I could see his anxiety. I could see his stress level going up. I mean, just looking in the rearview mirror, I could see it. So before he approached the car, I took my wallet out, took my driver's license out, put my wallet, because I didn't want to reach yeah. for anything while he's, so I took it out, I put it on the console, I took my, my driver's license out, I had it already, had the registration before he even, I had the, the um, rental car agreement. He came up to the passenger side, I rolled it down, and he was, and, and I, he poked his head, and, and, and I had my hands on the steering wheel. Because what I wanted to do is just make sure that he knew. It wasn't, I wasn't afraid. I, I really wasn't. It was just I wanted to make sure that he knew that he was safe with me. Yeah. And so he started asking me questions, and I handed him my license. I pulled it, I handed my license. And I, I never saw his right hand. He grabbed it with his left, because I know he probably had his right hand on the gun. Mm -hmm. And what I found out is that the rental car company had gotten a brand new rental car, and they took the license plate off of another rental car oh. and put it on my rental car. So when he ran the plates, it was a different car. Okay. So you got the perfect storm, a black guy going 15 miles over the speed limit, He's in a car. It could be stolen. I don't know what this is. Right. And so he starts to ask me questions. He asked me questions. Mm -hmm. And I did not get offended by any of the questions that he asked. Mm -hmm. um, and so I just spoke to him. And I, I, when I handed him the, the car rental agreement, he looked and he, he says, Wow. And then he, he I, I could see all of the stress leave his body. And he says, where are you going so fast? I says, well, I'm a minister. I'm going. I'm supposed to be preaching in a conference. And I just sinned, right? <laughs> and so he chuckled. I chuckled. All of the, all of the tensions went away. Because 
I've been created to be a peacemaker. Right. And I know that. So a lot of times I believe, what, what does this look like too? If we've been put in the earth where there is, where there's chaos, I'm just like, I saw, I saw my big brother Jesus do it. Asleep on a boat, he get up from the boat, stands at the bow of the boat, and rebukes the winds and waves, not by screaming and yelling and saying, I command you in the name of me. No, he didn't do that. He just said, peace. Be still. And it says, and there was a great calm. And then he tells us that, uh, blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall inherit the earth. That's what he says. Yeah. So guess what? I have an opportunity for an inheritance here because I can release the peace of God that the blood of Jesus paid for me to carry. Sure. So to me, like you said, it's not rocket science. It's just, just, just love the person in front of you. Yeah. In front of you. And for me, it was an opportunity to love a police officer. And he didn't ticket me. If he had, wow. I deserved it. Sure. But he didn't even ticket me. He just said, sir, you need to get to the conference safe. Yeah. And every, I mean, all of his, all of his stress levels and anxiety, all of his tension, I could see them. Yeah. So it's like, that's what I think. Even prophetically, we need to start using our discernment for it. It's to see if a situation is heightened and know that we are the solution to the problem and step into it with the solution and not agitated anymore by being religious. Yeah. So, just my thought there. Yeah. That's really good. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, it, if we're looking at scripture, right, then we're looking at the, um, the hatred towards Jesus, towards truth yeah. in the Bible. Yeah. That Jesus said, following me, you know, they will hate you. Yeah. You know, and so, I mean, I've experienced a little bit of oh, what sure. you're talking about mm-hmm. being married to a Hispanic man that yeah. at one point in his life was in a game, uh-huh. has tattoos on him that look game related. Mm-hmm. They're not, but they look like it. Um, so I, I understand, and we've, we've had, I have some stories that, you know, and I I wonder, the other night I was talking to some friends about this, and I was telling them a little bit about my story of experiencing that, and um, having to watch Carlos go through being questioned, and sometimes not treated well, yeah. even arrested when he shouldn't have been. Yeah. And, um, but I, I never have had hatred. Yeah. And even in maybe the injustice, right. you know, there has been lots of good stories, mm-hmm. but we have had some ones that weren't good. Right. We all have had some experiences. Absolutely. And um, injustice, and so, but I, I just, I don't, I think it is the recreation, right, in mm-hmm. me. I have the potential, I could have had the potential of being an angry person that yeah. didn't like cops or didn't like this or didn't right. like that out of the injustices of my life. Right. But in this new creation of this place, being with the Lord and, and in the presence of the Lord and um, wanting to be like Him um, and wanting to be a peacemaker, yeah. I've never really had, I could have, yeah. but I've never, and Carlos as well, but we've never really even had those thoughts. Right, right. But, you know, that's, Again, they they were persecuted. The right. church was persecuted, and right. we're and we are even being persecuted.
first right. in some way Absolutely. at this point, you know. But I think you're right. I think it, it's a it's a perception of the heart. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, see, the thing you said is interesting because Jesus did tell us. He said, "In this life, you'll have tribulation." We know that he said they hated me, so they're going to hate you. But I'm also reminded of an old hymn that we used to sing when I was a young kid, What a Friend We Have in Jesus. And, and this part of the, that, that hymn used to always, um, I, I, I just sang it. But then as I got older, man, I started thinking about the, these two lines. And it says, oh, what peace we often forfeit. And oh, what needless pains we bear. There are things that you're going to, you know, we're going to be persecuted. And it, and it has nothing to do with whether you're black or white. Now, that does not, uh, that does not minimize no. any type of injustice that, you, that you've experienced because of your culture, because of the color of your skin. But I know that in many cases, there are things that we suffer because we did not stand in that place as sons of the Most High. And, you know, in other words, if I'm going to be persecuted for the gospel, I want to make sure it's for the gospel and not for my stupidness or not for my, you know, that's the thing. Yeah, you know, it's like there are things that we can bring on ourselves. Right. Uh, there are enough things that because of standing in the place that we're standing as sons and daughters of light, you, you, you're going to have a target because the, you're the enemy. You're the enemy of the, the, the enemy that wants to tear this world apart. Yeah. You're, I mean, we're the last. I say it like this. We're, we're, the, we're the gauntlet that God put in the earth. We're, we're literally, it, it, you know, it's, it's so funny because when we talk about, when we talk about natural police, we're the spiritual police. Yeah. And so the same thing that's, what's happening, what's happening in the, I think what's happening in the natural is a picture of what's taking place in the spiritual. So you want to make sure that you aren't on the, you aren't on the persecuting of the natural because then if you say you name a Christian and you've been called to be a police, to police the earth. Then you open a door for the enemy to defund you too, sure. to say it. So, so I, I feel like I feel like that we have to. I, I, the Lord keeps bringing this back to me over and over and over again, and it's where Joshua sees this uh, military guy when they're getting ready to go do battle. He sees this military guy, and he and his armor bearer walk up to him and say, "Are you with us or for us?" And this guy said, "Neither." I'm the captain of the Lord's army. Right. And so there is, you know, this divide yeah. that, that, that's happening, whether it's political, whether it's racial, whether it's uh, uh, gender, all of these different things. And the enemy would love you to polarize yourself and say, and, and identify yourself as this or identify yourself as this. The reality is there's a third option. And that is, are you are you this or are you that? I'm neither. I'm a son of the Most High. Right. Are you this or are you that? No, I'm me. I'm a son of the Most High. I I'm here to to release the light of God that it tells about the glory of God that it talks about in Isaiah chapter sixty. That's why I'm here. I'm not here to uh, 
to, uh, you know, uh, pick your side. Because your side, every side, if it's not plumbed with the, the kingdom of God, every side has flaws. Yeah. So. Yeah. And I, I, I really feel like that's back to the beginning. You know, I don't, I don't know what time it is. 8.45. Back to the beginning um, of what we were talking about. It kind of, you know, went off did a turnaround. Yeah. But um, that, uh, you know, back to that individual calling to the Holy Spirit, that individual being pulled in yeah. to the Lord's heart mm -hmm. is why that's so important for, for us as a church, as a, whatever you want to call us, body, yeah. body um, because you, you can't mess up there. Yeah. You know, you can't right. you can't get it wrong there. Right. You know, you and I feel like um, you know, there's so much confusion and chaos right now and this opinion and that opinion and this, you know, yeah. and, and none of it is necessarily all wrong. Right. There's some really good truth right. being spoken right now. Mm -hmm. But um, you know, the matter at hand it's like I love what you were talking about yesterday about, you know, what what has God done? What did you say? What has God done in your blood? What has God done? What, what's going on in this time of consecration? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. One of the things, again, that time of consecration, the word quarantine means 40. So the Lord has had me over this time looking at all the 40s in the Bible. And, and, and what what have you done with your 40? Because quarantine means 40. So, and we know that the children of Israel were 40 years in the wilderness. We know that the Bible says in Luke chapter 4 that Jesus, after he was baptized, was led of the Spirit to be tempted of the devil 40 days and 40 nights. We know that Moses went up to the Mount of God, Mount, Mount uh, Sinai with, with the Lord for 40 days and 40 nights. And so he, he asked me, what have you done with your 40? Because I look at the 40 years that the children of Israel and, 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 and the scripture says, they saw my works for 40 years and it did shift them. Yeah. Uh, as a matter of fact, they never entered into the rest. Mm -hmm. And then that 40 day window uh, where mm -hmm. Moses was up all it took, he told me this way, all it took was 40 days for them to go off the rails in the, in the, in the camp. 40 days, that's all it took. Mm -hmm. So I think about, so I'm looking at COVID. All it took was 40 days to see all of the stuff that had all, yeah. because I think, like it goes back to what we said, what's in you during times of testing, and that's what 40 represents. 40 means testing. Mm -hmm. So what's in you during times of testing it's going to come out. Whatever, whatever, not, not what mantle you wear, but what's in you, yeah. what's in, your, in here, that's what comes out. So in the children of Israel, 40 days with Moses, the leader, not being there, and they went a buck, and they built a golden calf. And then the Bible says Moses came and he stood at the gate of the camp. I, I, I love that scripture in uh, Exodus chapter 32. Uh, Moses came down. You know that it had to be quiet when they saw him come down. You know, they were having a regalia. They were having a party. I mean, there was all kinds of the 
debauchery going on down there, everything. And, uh, and Moses comes down, and he doesn't enter the camp. It says he stands at the gate of the camp. i got to do some more study on there because there's something in that. And he just looks, and he says, now, this is what he didn't do. He comes to the gate of the camp, and he didn't say, Sarah, come here. Uh, Jennifer, Susan, come. He didn't say that. He stood at the gate of the camp with all of this going on, and he still gave them an opportunity. He said, who's on the Lord's side? Let him come to me. So they still had an opportunity in that to say, you know what? Forgive me, I'm going to the Lord's side. No, only the Levites came. And when they came, he told them, strap on. They got their swords and heads rolled. 3,000 were killed at that point. But he showed me the picture of Jesus in his 40. And he wasn't just tempted three times. He was tempted the entire 40 days in the wilderness. But I love the way it says Jesus came out of his 40. It said, and he returned in the power of the Spirit. That is what I believe. I believe that that's a prophetic picture for us right now. That in our quarantine, in our 40, in our consecration time, Father says, what did you do in your 40? Because if you if you do, if you partner with me and allow me to pluck the old feathers, get all the, the stuff out of you, reset you, you'll come out in the power of the Spirit. That's 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 the that's the picture and the model, the prototype that Jesus set for us. He's our He's our prototype. Nobody else is. And so that's how he came out. He came out of his time of testing, his quarantine, in the power of the Spirit. Yeah. And I, I just want to reiterate, because I think this is so important, that uh, your 40 is going to look different than my yeah, 40. Yeah, absolutely. Know? And I think that we get into so many, like, you know, it's kind of like diet fads. Yeah. I don't know how many diet fads I have done in my 40 years yeah. of or maybe just my adulthood, yeah. really. But, um, you know, I could tell you, like, 20 right now, you know, of all these diet fads. I've, you know, she lost 50 pounds, she lost 30, and I'm going to try that, and I'm going to try this. And I, but the reality is, is I, I just had to really ask the Lord, Lord, what is for me, my body? What is for my yeah. metabolism? What is for me? So in a sense, with our relationship with God, it's like, you know, your your forty might look different, so don't oh, absolutely. don't condemn yourself if you didn't fast. Don't condemn yourself if you weren't in intercession from three a.m. till you know ten a ten a.m. that morning. Because if that's not if you were seeking the Lord, and I hear the Lord saying that it that it's not over, right? You, you can start now. Oh, you, that's you so can good. Do it now. That's so good. But um, if, if your forty look different, this is not you know this doesn't have to be, and that's what we. We oftentimes right. get into um, even religiously, yeah. you know, and and I and for me, you know, teaching me how to rest. I mean, I don't know why I need this lesson so bad, but I must because it's been an ongoing issue. Yeah, you know, yeah. and um, being able to um, rest has taught me that there are times the Lord says, "No, you're not going to read." No, you're not going to listen to this on YouTube. Yeah. No, you're not going to study this right now. Yeah. And I'm like, what am I supposed to do then? You know? Yeah. And he's like, just sit with me. Just go out on your porch and wow. enjoy your deck. Just, yeah. you know, it doesn't have to be complicated. But that was part of my lesson of learning 
to just be with him and not have to do something religious. Right. Not that they're bad. Right. It's not that the things that I did were bad by any means, but it was what he was teaching my heart. Right. And that's so important right now is that we don't try to compare our stories or our, you know, because God must know fasting right now that would maybe make me kill over or <laughs> I might have more anxiety, I don't yeah. know, you know. Yeah. But that he didn't call me to do right. that, but he did you, yeah. which was awesome. Yeah. And and so I just I just want to say that to everyone. And I have to say, I had gone probably years without fasting. Right. Uh, but and so honestly, and, and even the Lord spoke to me just like you were talking about because I've done every known diet fat in America too. And this time in, in consecration, he said to me, because, you know, I, maybe about a year ago, I did keto, and I lost about 25 pounds, and then it just flatlined, and then I started gaining, and I'm like, oh, and it was so frustrating, because everybody else was doing keto, or they were just, and so that worked for a little bit, then it stopped. Yeah. And, and so, it's just like you're talking about how many times do we do things and we might see some semblance of success a little bit, but then we get frustrated because it's not what the Father's called us to do. Right. And so with me, uh, I knew when I got back from D.C. that there were going to have to be some shifts and changes. Mm -hmm. And when he told me, do you want this to be quarantine or want to be consecration, I said, consecration. He says, all right, now get with me. And he started even talking to me about you know, because people will say, you know, that here's that number again. In in my time, I've lost 40 pounds since I since. But the wow. thing is, he told me what to do, right. and he's still telling me what to do. Right. And 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 I let everybody else tell. And, and people with good intentions, and people who they worked for, and that's the thing that like we're talking about. That's the key that that he is talking about right now. I go back to what we said earlier. The scripture says, my sheep know my voice. And a stranger they will not follow. Believe and trust and know that you can hear the voice of God for you, for what you're for, for what this this time, for what, who, you know. I always say it like this. I say uh, a prophetic word should be confirmation and not revelation. <laughs> that's, what, that's me. I, I believe because if you spend the time with the Father, he's going to speak to your heart so that when Anthony or Tia or anybody else gives you a word, it resonates because the Lord has already spoken that to you when you were on your porch enjoying your death. And you weren't you weren't praying in tongues, you weren't fasting, you were actually just in for some men, I, I know women may not have this, but for some of the men, you were sitting on your porch in your nothing box. <laughs> Just thinking about it. I know my wife tells me that all the time. She's like, I, I, says, I legitimately, she says, what are you thinking right there? Nothing. <laughs> I tell Carlos, you're lying. I just don't believe you. Yeah, I'm telling you, men have a nothing box. We really do. And so there's a place we go where we are thinking of nothing. That's amazing. <laughs> so, so for men, for women, I know you're, 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 you're processing everything. But whatever it is, even if you're just, whatever that time is, if you are being led by the Father, uh, and I'm not talking about
about some flaky stuff, but I am talking about when you know you've heard the voice of the Lord. You go with that. And, and my prayer is that the body of Christ will become more mature as we come out of the 40, where we can embrace and celebrate everything that the Father has called everybody to do and not put pressure on people to put the facade up like that hotel did yeah. and not and not have changed anything. And, and, and look, if, if what Father may have called you to do is maybe just step into what you're already doing more. Yeah. And he, oh, he, you know, it may not be something earth-shattering and life-changing. It may very well be what you were doing, you were on the right path. I just want you maybe to, to adjust this a little bit. It may not be some paradigm-shifting, cataclysmic shift. So don't let people pull you into that either. That, you know, so what did the Lord tell you while you were on? He told me not to eat that burrito. That's what he told me. <laughs> so that's, that's, you know, so whatever it is that he's told you, yeah. just say yes to that. bless you in this time and if some of you are um, are still like you know I've been you know a bit sick or I, I I remodeled my whole house or whatever and and you're feeling you know the Holy Spirit tug you right now again I I just don't I don't think we've lost the time to be reset you feel like you, missed totally it. you didn't miss it yeah you didn't miss it and um I truly believe that if we all just, like Anthony said, um, just really lean into his heart, you know, he he's gonna he's gonna show us step by step what to do in the midst of the chaos. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, um, um, be encouraged, and I hope that tonight helped you be able yeah. to hear some truth and just even just chat, just hear yeah. some chatting and. About what's going on right now, and and I just love you so much, and I love that um, you know. And I, if if we all could do this, you know, but Anthony is somebody who truly wants to always um, lift up everybody else around him. You know, like hear you know everybody see her and hear everybody see him and. And, um, and I think that it's just part of that unity, you know, of being able to to be the body and multiply. Yeah. And, and really, nobody wants to multiply in anything that is uh, not loving, right. that is not serving. And so the Lord's doing some really good things right now. And Amen. I think that we should be encouraged. And, and I just got to turn the TV off half the time because I... Yeah, I need to just yeah. listen and, and hear. You know, I used to people say Revelations. That's your favorite book. Are you crazy? What's wrong with you? You know, mm -hmm. and I'd be like, you know, yeah, but in the midst of all the craziness, you see the power of God, the glory of the Lord released. Yeah, what a great time to live in. It's a phenomenal time to live in, and I think we forget that. Uh, John actually tells us what the book of Revelation is all about in the first five words or six words. He says, the revelation of Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm.
that's what the book is all about. It's not, it's, it's not the, 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 the antagonist may be the tribulation of the beast or the false prophet, mm -hmm. but, the, but the book mm -hmm. is about revealing mm -hmm. Jesus. That, that's why he says, the revelation of Jesus Christ given to John. That's, mm -hmm. that's what the book is about. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, we made it about the villains when it, that's not what the book is about. And the last thing I'd like to say to you is uh, just to touch on something you said earlier, and it's a scripture that the Lord gave me in regard to what, what Tia said about it not being too late. Because I know a lot of people may, you know, you, you thought, man, I, I was sick during that time and I couldn't press into God like I was supposed to, or this happened, or I, I had to homeschool, I had to learn how to homeschool my kids. I, I, there were crazy things going on. I'm, I'm trying to work, work, stay at home, and the kids are going crazy, and this is happening, and that happening. I didn't have any time to spend. Look, look, I'm going to tell you what. For you moms out there who, who had to homeschool, uh, just like that, and had to learn how to be a math teacher and a science teacher, I am telling you, I celebrate you, I honor you, uh, I bless you, because that's a fast. <laughs> that's, a, that's a fast. Yeah, that's, that's a sacrifice. But the, other, but the scripture that the Lord gave me was a parable that he gives when he said that there was a, a, a man that went out early in the morning to hire laborers for his vineyard. And then he said he went out again at like 10 o'clock. Then he went out at noon. And then one hour before it was time to end the day, he went out again. And he got more laborers to work. And he gave them all the same amount. And the Lord said to me, I was actually in Amarillo, and the same thing that Tia just said, it's not too late. So, And, and don't think you missed out uh, because you had other things to do. Actually, I, I, I really feel like uh, the body of Christ, that's another thing that, that we need to mature in is understand that not everybody is called to lay on the floor for three hours and intercede. Uh, you know, and if you are a mom with little kids or, uh, or, or you, you've got other responsibilities that you have to deal with, being a, a, a care provider for a, a parent or whatever the case may be, I, I just wanna, um, I want to release you from any guilt that and I, I stand in proxy on behalf of the church. And I ask you to forgive any person, leader, intercessor, anybody who uh, came to you and made you feel as though you were less than or carnal because you didn't have the same 40 that they had. That's what this really, I think, the at the crux of what we've talked about tonight, that's one of the key things I think that the Lord... Whatever, whatever happened in your time uh, is precious to the Father, especially if you just surrender that to the Lord. He, like making, making breakfast every I mean, that's what happened to some parents because the kids used to eat at school two times a day or whatever, or whatever, however, you know, they, uh, whatever. But now, restaurants are shut down, and you got to cook every day. Even if it was ramen, I just honor you and I bless you and and and, and I, I I stand and I ask you to forgive for any false guilt that the that the that the body
body of Christ or their leaders or anybody has, has put on you. We release you from that. And, and Lord, I thank you right now that you are just bringing peace and comfort and uh, a, a calm to your sons and daughters uh, to know that there's nothing that they missed out on with obeying you, whatever that obedience looks like. Yeah, and like a good father, um, you know, because let's be honest, some of us just ate bonbons and we watched Hallmark. Or we, yeah. we, we froze in front of the TV for a week or two. Yeah. We didn't know what else to do with ourselves. Yeah. And, and I remember at one point, um, you know, cause I'm not a big TV watcher, mm -hmm. but I mm -hmm. like movies. But I remember at one point being like, man, I can't watch another show. Um, in the beginning of that, and, and feeling convicted, yeah. feeling bad, like, yeah. I don't really yeah. guilty, yeah. you know, like, now I haven't done anything spiritual, and, and I remember hearing the Lord so clear saying, I'm right here, you know, I wouldn't do anything wrong, yeah. I, I was kind of resting, yeah. you know, and, yeah. and I could hear him say, I'm right here, and granted, I didn't do that the whole time, there was seasons, and there was shifting, and I, there were periods where he called me to my yeah. closet, and there yeah. were periods where he called me out to the deck, and and it looked all different, but um, I just want to say to you, um, this is the this is the place that your father wants to be with you wherever you're at. Yeah. And uh, there's no pressure. Um, he he's a good father. Yeah. And so um, and I just pray that even the some of you I, I see this cloud of heaviness in the where you you feel like man. Like, I can't even get my eyes off of the TV. And there's been this heaviness over you. And I even hear the Lord saying that he's right there with you. And he, he wants to pull that right off of you. And it's yeah. not a, a guilty or a yeah. condemnation yeah. thing. But sometimes we just get sucked in. And the Lord just wants to, the Lord wants to be there and pull you out of that. Yeah. And, and back to that restart. And just start restarting some things in you. And, and I bless that. Mm -hmm. um, he's so good. Amen. He is so good to wait and be patient. He's so good to talk to us. I mean, if I I think about my kids, like, you know, all the times, if I would have treated them religiously, right, as my kids yeah. and me being their mother, like, well, you didn't spend you X amount of time with me, so I'm not going to feed you. And by the way, you're going to have to find another place to live because, yeah. you know, yeah. you didn't do this and this for me. You didn't clean the kitchen. You know what I mean? Like, good parents love their kids unconditionally. Yeah, unconditionally. And so the, the the really the word of the Lord is that he loves the church unconditionally. Absolutely. He loves us unconditionally. Yeah. And he wants to pour in us and he wants us to surrender to him. And, and it doesn't have to be hard. It doesn't have to be rocket science. Yeah. And we we love you and um, and I love you and I thank you so much for being with us because you, you leave early tomorrow. You took your time out to let us in your home and and uh, stay up late. You better not stay up too late. Oh. <laughs> and he flies out tomorrow. And so, Lord, we bless Anthony. Father, we bless his trip. Lord, we bless his assignment. Lord, we bless his lips. Father, we ask that you would cover him, that you would lead him, that you would honor him, that you would pour into him, that you would continue to shift him. We thank you for what you're calling him to do in the body of Christ. We thank you for now is such a time as this for his mouth, for his voice to be heard. And we thank you that you are setting up, setting it up now 
for the stage to be set. This is not about him, and he knows that. That's why you have chosen him. But it's now is the time as this for the stage to be set for him, for his voice, for his revelation and message from the heart of the Father to be heard. And and we just want to bless him as women, as a as a picture of Father God that he that he is to us, that he uh, has loved the women at our eyes, has loved me as a father, and has um, blessed me in being a picture of the Father God. Because really, that's what fathers are supposed to be. And you do such a good job of that. So I just wanted to bless you and say that. Thank you. Each of you, you know, you know who you are in my heart, and each of you carries such a place in my heart. I love whenever I get an opportunity to be with the women of Arise because because you are you are women who have arisen. <laughs> I mean, really, uh, you 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 turn that not just into a, a noun or a title, but it's a it's an action word for you, and so um, I, I will back you. I will. I will. I got your back. Every one of you, I got your back, and so um, I'm. I'm just honored to be in that place. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. All right, ladies. Hope you enjoy. And uh, everybody says hi. Say hi, everybody. Hello. Goodbye. We will talk to you soon. We will be talking about getting together. We are waiting on some information, but we are planning a worship event, so we'll have um, details as soon as we get the information we need to get the details, and we will let you ladies know as soon as possible. Amen. Amen. Bye-bye. I love you guys. Love you guys.